0: Hey, good morning, Three Trails family. Pastor Brian coming to you. Hey, um, I know uh, really it's sunny out. It's pretty cold um, and uh, a little bit bitter. Uh, but uh, we decided, and kind of give you a heads up on why we decided what we are going to do. Number one, um, we knew numbers would be a little bit down with the holiday weekend and things like that. Number two, we have had a lot of people sick over the last couple of weeks. Some with COVID, some just with flu. Uh, And and things like that. Number three, obviously the weather. Um, The roads were slick. We made a call earlier yesterday just to get as much information out to as many people as possible um, that we weren't going to have in-person services. And uh, so we chose to do that. And so today I want to keep this. Uh, fairly brief, because there's one of the things I want to encourage you guys to do uh, as families, as individuals there is uh, we really want to start this year off right. Number one, we're to start with a commitment to reading God's word, to grow uh, in understanding uh, what he wants to do in each one of our lives. We believe that we are planted here in independence for a very specific reason, and we want to reach people with the truth of the gospel. in order to do that, we believe we have to be growing as well. A, a growing believer, Is somebody who's allowing the Lord to change them each and every day. So we want to encourage you with that. I want to let you know about a couple things um, that we have going on right now, right? Or things we want to encourage you to be a part of. That is um, the uh, reading plan. So we have a, a five times five by five. We're doing this as a navigator reading plan. For some, it may be a little basic. For others, this may be the very thing you need to get... Started. This is five minutes a day, five days a week, five ways to dig deeper. It gives you options and opportunities to click uh, or to make up on things you miss. Um, And so you can go to the U version, click the five by five. We'll have it uh, in person uh, for a sheet if you want it when you pick it up. We want to encourage you that uh, you guys are uh, just reading the word to dig deeper. There are other ways you can read, uh, but we want to just challenge you with that. So, five by five. Um, And then we will let you know about some things that are coming up. If you are into technology, we want to encourage you to download uh, the Church Center app and then search for the Church at Three Trails. So this will be an opportunity for you to stay in touch. Number one, we've got a calendar on there. uh, If you are a parent of of kids, you'll be able to check your kids in or pre-check your kids in. So when you get there, all you got to do is scan your your barcode on your camera, uh, and then it'll print off uh, the things there. Uh, the labels there. <clears throat> it's also a way for you to give if you choose to give online. A lot of people are doing that now. Um, it's not checks and cash anymore. Even though we have the envelopes in the back of Pew, it is uh, a lot of people using the online giving. So we encourage you to be able to do that. I think it's going to be a great, awesome opportunity. The last thing I want to encourage you with is this. On January 28th, Friday night, January 28th, we're going to have a game night. It's going to start about 7 p.m., two and a half hours. We are going to invest in the lives of our marriages and in in uh, our couples. And we want you to know if you're a couple, whether you're engaged, uh, <clears throat> soon to be engaged, maybe going to be married, you are married, things like that. It's going to be a great time to invest in your relationship. We want to encourage you to sign up today. And with that, I want you to know that our website launched yesterday, brand new uh, relaunch, redesign, I should say. <clears throat> and so we want to encourage you with that. But I do want to dig into the... To God's word today, and so if you join me, uh, we're going to be in First Peter, starting off First Peter chapter four. We're continuing our Living Hope series. We're uh, <clears throat> really wanting to get through this here in the next couple of weeks. But First Peter chapter four, um, and if you would follow along with me, I encourage you to grab your Bibles, follow along. I'm going to read uh, just a brief little bit, and we're going to cover a couple of things. This is what he says in First Peter chapter four. He says, "Therefore, since Christ suffered in His body." Arm yourselves also with the same attitude. That, that word arm is really like uh, putting on the armor just as a, a soldier would do, that you're arming yourselves with, listen, the same attitude as Jesus did when he suffered in his body, knowing that suffering's going to come. There is a point in time when I make a right decision to follow Jesus regardless of what others think. And so I have to arm myself with the same attitude. We, we have to arm ourselves with the same attitude as that of Jesus Christ. And it says, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. See, here's a popular statement. Maybe you've heard it before. Sin will control you. Sin will corrupt you and sin will condemn you. Um, And so one of the things we talked about last week is we have to deal relentlessly with sin in our own lives. When we are blatantly walking in disobedience to God, then we need to deal with that. We need to let the Spirit convict us. We need to let Him correct us. We need to let Him discipline us. Um, And those are all things that we begin to work through. But in 1 Peter, when we see this, therefore, since Christ suffered, it's reminding us of what Jesus did, his substitutionary death in verse 18 of chapter three, it says, for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the spirit. So therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, it says that we're to arm ourselves also with the same attitude because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. See, Christ suffered for our sins in the body, but he was made alive in the Spirit. I believe there are two key theological truths that we're beginning to see here in First Peter. Number one is the substitutionary atonement, right? That Jesus substituted himself uh, on the cross for our sins, for the sins of the world. So there's the first one, substitutionary atonement. That's a big theological word that just basically says he was our substitutionary sacrifice, that he paid the price for our sins on the cross. Number two is the identification, right? It's our identification with Christ. You know, one of the things in today's world is that sometimes this identification with Christ seems to be very vague. It's like a gray area. In other words, you can look at a lot of people who say they go to church, or maybe they say they're believers, but their identification with Christ doesn't necessarily look like Jesus. Matter of fact, there are people who go to church, have been to church for years, that I would say their attitudes, their actions, their words uh, are very clear that they don't identify with Christ. And if you don't identify with Christ, then you're missing out on the greatest thing because listen to what Galatians chapter 2 says. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself up for me. So as you think about that, one of the things that we just have to begin to understand is that we are identifying ourselves with Christ, that when I place my faith and trust in him, when I acknowledge I'm a sinner, when I deal with my sin relentlessly, acknowledging my sin, turning it over to Jesus because he who is faithful and just, he will forgive us of any and all unrighteousness, that's acknowledging the substitutionary atonement. And then I identify myself with Christ and listen to what he says. He says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. You know, Adrian Rogers, one time I was listening to a sermon that he said, uh, Satan may throw hand grenades, but when you got the armor of the tank, which is Jesus, a hand grenade means nothing. So every sin that Satan's lobbing at you, you need to arm yourselves with the armor of the tank, that, 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 that uh, impenetrable armor to a certain extent. Uh, a grenade does nothing uh, to, to a tank. But, uh, so we have to arm ourselves. It's just as a soldier takes care to put on his armor. We're to have that same attitude and we're ready. Matter of fact, Romans chapter 6, I love uh, Romans 6, one of my, uh, probably, I don't know, one of my favorites. But listen to what he says in Romans chapter 6. Verse six, it says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him. So there's that substitutionary idea, right? That our old self, our old life was crucified with Jesus Christ. He was our substitution so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed From sin. So this is this identification that we're identifying ourselves with Christ. And so when I talk about this, we are going to experience the victorious life um, as or we're going to experience victorious lives as we live in Christ daily, understanding his substitutionary death uh, for us, understanding that we identify ourselves with him. And so what I want us to see is this number one, we're not to be controlled by sin. We cannot allow sin to control us. We don't make ourselves slave to sin. Rather, we make ourselves slaves to righteousness. That's another thing that Romans chapter 6 talks about, right? I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but who lives in me? Christ lives in me. Number two I want you to see is this, that we're not to be corrupted by sin. Uh, Listen to what he says in verses, really, three and following. Oh, don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So here's more of that identification process. We were therefore buried with him through baptism. Sorry, I'm reading Romans chapter 6. I don't know why I'm not reading uh, First Peter chapter 4. You have to forgive me. A little off here. This is what he says in verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 4. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They think it strange that you do not plunge with them into some, the same flood of dissipation and they heap abuse on you. So here's what we talk about when we're not to be controlled by sin. It's the same thing that, listen to what he says, our attitude should be the, the same, all right? But verse two, as a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires. Like our goal is not to live the rest of our lives looking the same as everybody else or trying to fit in and look like everybody else. Our goal is to please Jesus, that we follow him. He's the author and perfecter of our faith, that we acknowledge our sins. We look at what's going on. And so we're not to be corrupted by sin. And listen, people within the world will live their lives for themselves. That's exactly what he's saying in verses three. You've spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, right? In other words, there's this freedom. They, they love everything but God. They fear everything but sin. And so it's our goal or our desire, or our, our, our passion should be to please God, number one. And number two, to be fearful of sin. In other words, when I say fearful, that we deal with it, like we said last week, relentlessly that we turn it over to the Lord, that when we sin, we confess, that when we sin, we acknowledge our weakness. When we hurt somebody, we go to them, we ask for forgiveness. We deal with that, but we're not to be corrupted, right? We're not to be those who, uh, I mean, to a certain extent, kind of look at sometimes we look at our political leaders or, or people who are caught in corruption scandals. We go, oh, how, how dare they, right? But we cannot be corrupted by sin. Likewise, we can't give in to those things that are playing out. So as a result, we don't live the rest of my life uh, with earthly or, or the rest of their lives with, with earthly evil human desires, but I strive to please or do the will of God. That's what he says in verse 2, right? But rather for the will of God. Like my role or my goal should be that I always am obedient to what God has called me to do. That I'm obedient to the will that, that God has laid out for me. And sometimes... Really what First Peter is starting to get to here is what's going to happen when persecution comes. See, sometimes the will of the Father would be that maybe persecution is going to come upon us. And when it does, the gospel may spread farther and wider than we could ever imagine. But we're not to be corrupted by the sin that is that's so easily entangled. See, a life of sin is a wasted, wicked, and warped life. Like, you know, people can give their lives to Jesus on their deathbed, but they have to begin to ask and say, man, what would have been if it would have been earlier? Right? We don't want to waste our life. We don't want our life to be wrapped around wicked desires. We don't want it to be worked by different things. And listen to what he says in verse, uh, verse 4. It says, for you have spent enough time in the past, in other words, in your prior life, Right? If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. But So you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. And then here's what's crazy, and the more I'm around people that do this, it says, they think it's strange that you don't plunge with them into the same flood of dis, uh, dissipation, and they heap abuse on you. So, You know, when somebody makes fun of you because of the stance you take or the belief you have or what you say or make fun of you because you placed your faith and trust in Jesus, you talk about Jesus consistently, then it's okay for us to understand that 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 persecution, that that um, negative aspect that people have is okay. And it's the will of the Father that we're obedient to God no matter what. And so a changed life, listen, will provoke hostility from those who reject the gospel. And, and it literally says, and they heap abuse on you, right? So these believers at this time that Peter's addressing were being abused because of the different life that they lived. And I believe wholeheartedly, hear me out when I say this, that we have to live different lives. And then number three, and I, I think it's very clear. Um, oh, well, let me clarify this real quick. We're not to be corrupted by sin. Romans chapter six verse eleven. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to god in christ jesus therefore it says this do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires right so we 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 do everything we can to make sure that we don't let sin reign number three i want you to see is this we're to be clear-minded in action you know a lot of people go well when is the end coming listen to what he says in verse seven and following it says the end of all things is near he doesn't give a time it just says it's near right Therefore, or as a result of the end of all things, he says, therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you may, what, pray, right? It is my job, it is our job to be clear-minded. Matter of fact, your, your, your uh, version may say sober-minded, right? But it says to be sober-minded and self-controlled, or sorry, clear-minded and self-controlled. Self-control is huge. We have to begin to learn to control the things that we have the ability to control. He says the end is near, right? But the self-control is this idea of a sound mind and sober judgment so that we can pray. That's what he's laying out. And let me just kind of clarify some of these things. Like people begin to ask, well, is this the end? We look at the United States of America. We look at kind of the chaos. We look at government. We look at things like that. We may say this, but there's an idea of us to have a sound mind. And sober judgment. In other words, I'm not giving in to the things that are spread through media, social media, crazy uh, conspiracy theory type things, right? Sober-minded. Sober-minded. Not drunk with the words of other people. Not, listen, 1 Timothy talks about this, that we don't surround ourselves with people who tickle our ears. That's our goal. That I don't listen to anything else. I listen to Scripture. And I evaluate everything in my life based upon the truth of God's word. So self-control is this idea that I am under sober judgment as I pray. And one of the things as we begin this year, we want to encourage you that you are praying consistently. That you pray for your friends and your family who are lost. You pray, Lord, give me opportunities to speak the truth. God, would you expand the influence of our church? Would you, God, would you expand the influence of, of me in the lives of those people who are around me? So we're going to encourage you with self-control. And then listen to what he says when he talks about this in verse 8. He says, therefore, be clear-minded, verse 7, and self control so that you can pray. But then he says this, above all, love each other deeply. Right? Listen, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. What this carries out is this, that when I love somebody else, that I am proclaiming the gospel to those. That when I forgive somebody who has maybe had an offense against me, that love covers over the multitude of sins. Like this idea of love, this brotherly love that, that looks out for the benefit of somebody else. And so as a result, when we're to be clear-minded in action, here's how we're clear-minded. Number one, we don't surround ourselves with people who tickle our ears. We listen to Scripture. Number two, that we love each other deeply. Number three, listen to what he says. He says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. You ever complained because you're hosting people? <laughs> you know, we're coming out of the holidays. And maybe some of you have done a lot of hosting, and toward the end, you're just like, ah, oh, it's just crazy. But listen, it says, offer hospitality to one another without crumbling. right? In other words, that I, I provide care and compassion, that I host people, that I can serve people, I can love people. And here's what I want to encourage you with on this, even as a church. It's our job to be a church that invests and loves and offers hospitality to those who are coming in. Number three, he says this, use God's Gifts, or you each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So maybe you're a person who's been attended for a while and you say, I haven't really put my gifts into action. We need you. Our church needs you. And putting your gifts into action, that's administering God's grace to those who come in. So maybe it's through the first-time greeting. Maybe it's through praise team. Maybe it's through teaching or leading a small group. Maybe it's through working with our kids' ministry. We are in desperate need of kids' workers all the time because we love these kids. We want to see these kids grow. We need your help with that. So using our gifts. And listen, he says this idea of speaking and teaching with power and words. Because he goes on and he says, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God's provide. God provides. So here's how Romans 6 puts it, and I'm just going to wrap up with this. I want to keep it as short as possible. Romans chapter 6 <clears throat> says this. Do not offer your bodies or, or offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather... Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. You know, we go back to this idea of arming yourself. In, in Romans, that idea is this, that we would arm ourselves as weapons of righteousness, that we would carry this out. And so how do we live, you know, victoriously in the end? I believe that we have to understand these things, that we will experience a victorious life as we live in Christ daily. We're not to be controlled by sin. We're not to be corrupted by sin. And likewise, we're to be clear-minded in action. So, love you guys. I want to give you a couple quick things as we close if you made a decision to follow christ maybe you'd have some more uh, questions about it we encourage you to click on the church at threetrails.com backslash jesus you can find out some more information i want to thank you for joining us today uh, and give you a chance there are four ways to give um, i know we're not in person but if you're continuing to give or want to give you can give in person you mail it in um, you can go online um, and do it that way you can set up by texting you can see that number there uh, below. As a matter of fact, I'll click this up here so you can see it better. And then we have the download that, uh, that app. And then the last thing I'll we'll let you know, r- remind you date night coming up. Go online, sign up. It'll be a great time and uh, begin reading your Bible plan. So, hope you guys have a great week. Um, I love you. Let me pray. And then uh, I hope you guys have a good day. I want to encourage you to pray together today as a family at some point in time and make a plan to read scripture together. Father, we thank you uh, for your good news and for your grace. And God, I thank you for just opportunity to relax and celebrate. God, may today be a rest, a restful day uh, for us to recover and to prepare for a week. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you later.